create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Do you live in the past, present, or the future? Maybe that's a trick question. Maybe there's only today. That in this digital age is quickly transforming into a science fiction tomorrow. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. I've discovered that leaders are readers. And as a listener to this show, you have access as a free gift to any audiobook of your choice choosing from more than 180,000 titles from our sponsor, Audible. Just go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power, choose the book that you want, download it for free, enjoy it, and keep it forever. Also, you will get a one-month free trial of all of Audible's service. I'm excited to announce that I have created brand new content for you. It is an additional episode, a short one, about five to ten minutes long, and it will appear at least once a week. I call these episodes One Word Stories. Each episode will focus on a word a common word that we all use, but it may be charged with meanings that are affecting our lives in ways that we can't even imagine. Enjoy these episodes as mini shots of empowerment. Remember to keep your dialogue with the show alive. It enriches everyone. Send your responses, your comments, your requests to Club at gmail.com. That's L-O-U-S-C-L-U-B at gmail.com. Today's guest is an entrepreneur who helps businesses thrive today and evolve profitably into tomorrow. He's a professional engineer who caught the vision of our rapidly changing world, which led him to create his company called CAD sourcing in 2011. This CAD is not a man who behaves dishonorably. This CAD is computer-aided design. CAD sourcing uses 2D and 3D design models to help engineers and architects transform our physical world building everything from state-of-the-art workplaces to cell towers and more. It is also improving the quality of life for people in the Philippines where the design work is outsourced. Get ready to expand your mind with today's exciting guest, Brian Luoma. 
Brian, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thanks a lot. That was a wonderful intro. I, I, I feel honored to, to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Now, did I pronounce your name correctly? That's correct. Uh, Brian Luoma. You hit, hit every letter along the way. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Finnish name. Is it Philippine? No, it's Finnish as in Finland. My, my, uh, oh, my dad oh, you... is, uh, is Finnish. My mom is Filipino. I thought you were making a joke. How about No, that? no, no. <laughs> it is. It's a good Finnish name. And I could have been thinking F-I-N-I-S-H, but we won't go there. there so, go. where were you born, Brian? Uh, northern Minnesota on the on the Iron Range in the Iron Ore Mining Cup, uh, uh, area there on the, on the Iron Range. And how long did you stay there? Uh, I graduated from high school there, and, and then I, I knew I wanted to go out east. I applied to a bunch of colleges on the, on the east coast and, and went to Rutgers University in New Jersey where I... I got my uh, civil engineering degree and then uh, ended up sticking around there. Mm. You know, you, I think you told me before that you live in Rahway, New Jersey. That's right. And, and for so. some reason, that name keeps coming up in my head now that it was mentioned in some movie or some TV series. And um, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> well, it, it, there's a, it, it's, it probably is because it's it's i guess maybe somewhat infamously known for the rawway state prison they they i think they've since uh, changed it uh but uh it's on you know it's it's on the train line to new york city 35 minute train ride and it's one of these evolving uh urban centers with the you know a nice downtown and everything i i, I like it you know they may have mentioned it in the sopranos i probably that would yeah. make sense who would you say influenced you the most when you were a child? Uh, well, it would have to be my parents. Uh, my, my dad was a, a civil engineer, uh, and he, you know, his um, analysis of things and, and the way he uh, was always true to himself and everything really influenced me. But then my mom, uh, as a uh, and as an immigrant from the Philippines, uh, you know, 40 years ago, seeing how uh, she, you know, really worked hard to to bring the best for her family, and and then um, also I was inspired by her uh, desire to give back to her family, uh, you know, her extended family in the Philippines, and you know, even when we didn't have a lot growing up, you know, she would send send maybe a hundred dollars a month or something to her family back back home, and and then eventually she was. She was actually uh, uh, paying for nieces and nephews to go to go to uh, college, and and now we've got uh, doctors and engineers and nurses and everything in the family. It's it's uh, uh, it's a wonderful thing that really uh, affected me and my my desire to to help uh, my extended family as well. And eventually to build that right into the philosophy of your company. That's right. Yeah, beautiful. Now, did you have a childhood dream of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Well, I, I mean, I I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, you know, I had that entrepreneurial itch. I was, uh, uh, you know, I was I was selling mail order shoes, you know, to to my family, and I started you know started a landscaping business and and uh, uh, you know doing all those kinds of things. Uh, but uh, I also was good in math, and my dad was a civil engineer, and. and like that kind of stuff so well, you know i did that and i tried tried to 
climbing the corporate ladder before uh, deciding that uh, you know what I'm, I'm really got to do this in, this uh, entrepreneurship thing or else I'm probably not going to be happy with myself. Mm. You know, when people tell me, well, my childhood dream, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wonder when you're, let's say, seven or eight, and you don't even know the word entrepreneur, what does, sure. that, look, what does that look like? I mean, in your head, like you're going, you know, un unless, of course, no, I won't even mention his name. <laughs> unless, of course, you were that person who is in office. Um, go. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew the word, but you know, I liked, I liked uh, building things, and 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 um, and and I say things meaning, you know, not only physical things, but also systems and and seeing how, uh, you know, if, if you start a landscaping business and you and you 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 know you put up flyers, and next thing you know, you get people coming in, and 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 it's kind of it felt good to be creating that, you know, and, and, and figuring out, you know, strategies around that and, and how, you know, how to make more money sounds crass, but, but, uh, but, you know, really, you know, that, that was, that's kind of the scoreboard, I guess, in a, in a way. Um, and so that, that was always interesting to me. You know, I totally understand what you mean about, about systems and uh, falling in love with them. Uh, they definitely, uh, enhance every area of our life and every area of our work when we master them. But you know, it's interesting you said, now saying making a lot of money sounds crass. I want to emphatically disagree with you. Okay. I think, I think that that is an issue in our society today where people still apologize for their ambition around making money and they shouldn't. Because it's quite wonderful. I think the only thing that isn't admirable is if you're going to deliberately and consciously hurt people to make money and uh, cheat, lie, steal, things like that. But if you're putting value into the world, are you kidding? You should say, you know what? I'm putting massive value here and I'd like to earn a billion dollars. Good for you. Hmm. I, I can stand by behind that. That's good, well good. put. Well put. So, how did you? Well, you kind of explained how you eventually chose civil engineering because you saw it. It was modeled for you in your family, correct? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Now, here's a fascinating thing I found when I was reading about you. Tell us how a Facebook post about a gas station sparked <laughs> your desire to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> Sure. Well, um, I was, it was back in 2011 and, and I was, I was reading rich dad, poor dad and four hour work week and stuff and saying, boy, you know, I, I got to find a, a business and I got to find something that, that can work for me as I was, you know, civil engineer, practicing civil engineer in, in uh, Philadelphia at the time doing great projects, but not, you know, not running the show. And I, and I wanted to run the show and, and, all of a sudden, I saw a post from my cousin, who's also a civil engineer, in the Philippines of a gas station he was working on. And I was like, wow, that gas station looks just like the Exxon station that I designed, uh, you know, last year in central New Jersey. And, and I, was, I was, so I called him up and I said, or I messaged him on Facebook, I guess, and said, uh, hey, you know, if, if I can get you work, uh, 
would you be interested in, in drafting it up? And he said, yeah. And so we, I put up a, 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 a website and I was able to make sales and people were coming. Next thing you know, I said, you know, Hey, you better start hiring people. So that was, that was the beginning of CAD sourcing. It uh, really started from, from Facebook. Uh, uh, it's amazing. It, you know, uh, how, how technology has kind of brought everyone closer together, which I think was the original idea behind Facebook. They may have strayed away from that, but uh, in that case, it worked. Well, I, I don't know if it was the original idea, because, you know, I think it quickly be, it became that, but as we know, at the beginning, it was um, used <laughs> for um, college escapades. Yes, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a <laughs> That's a different, different. Uh, it's still bringing people together, but in a different way. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, did you have to overcome any obstacles to transition from traditional work to the life of an entrepreneur? Because sometimes people do. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think my story, although unique to me, is 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 very typical of of entrepreneurs in that I had this itch. Uh, you know, once I thought of this idea of a, a, a an outsourced computer drafting uh, company, it, it was all consuming, you know. And I would work my 50 hours a week as a as a civil engineer, and then I'd come home and and work until you know two in the morning with my team in the Philippines on on projects and and sales, and and then you know taking phone calls as I'm driving into work and sneaking out at lunch to, to do more phone calls and, and just, you know, really hustling to try and get this thing off the ground. And, um, you know, so it was a, it was a lot of effort that I, and, you know, I don't think it's unique to me, but it's, it's, uh, uh, it was, I definitely had to go through that, that fire, uh, and, 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 you know, make it, make it work. But, uh, it was a struggle for, for a, a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. I want to jump back for a second when you said that you saw the post your cousin made. And specifically, what kind of things did you do to start escalating his business? Uh, well, I mean, it, it's, it's what we did is, you know, we, we created a website, you know, a CAD sourcing website, uh, and we started uh, doing some, uh, some blog posts on it. We did a little bit of Google AdWords advertising, and really at the time, and and still still a lot to this day. There's, you know, everyone knew that computer drafting should be something you should be able to outsource. You know that if you think about it, it's like, boy, this this drafting, especially for a lot of stuff, is not that difficult. You know, so why can't we outsource it? And then people would try, but they would have bad experiences uh, with the, you know, in, in India and, and, and also in the Philippines. And, and it had to do, you know, I realized that there's hassles associated with it. There's hassles with the, the time zones. There's hassles with uh, the communication. There's hassles with culture. Uh, and so my focus was on how can we tackle those hassles so that uh, the drafting service can, can be what everyone expects it to be, which is, a good quality service that's faster than you would expect that uh, that uh, is high quality and, and and is better than the freelancer that they've been working with or the 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 overflow you know guy that's you know down the street that helps them out on weekends and 
but is can be a legitimate uh, legitimate business that can help them ramp up their businesses and take on more work. And so I think it took me a while to figure it out, but we've 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 pretty much figured that out now. Well, I get that part of it, but I maybe I'm missing something, but. For your cousin, he had a gas station, correct? He had a physical no, gas station. No, no, no. No, he no. was a civil engineer. He was designing that gas station. He was designing it. Yes. So that ah. when I saw yes. So when I saw his skill level in the design he was doing and the gas station and what it what it looked like, and I I was impressed by the quality of the work from a you know, from a civil engineering standpoint. I, I saw that there's there's really no reason why the the engineering or drafting uh, couldn't be done in the Philippines, and so now it was just a matter um. of connecting the 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 companies here in in the U.S. and Canada with the skills the skill sets that that we have in the Philippines, and were personified by by my cousin and what I saw in that that post. Beautiful. Thank you for the clarity. Yep. Now, did you have or? A what? Let me ask. Let me phrase it this way: What was your most discouraging moment, either in life or business? Oh boy, uh, my most discouraging moment. Well, I'd say early on, we uh, we I was I've always been able to sell, so I was getting clients right. But we, I'll be honest, in in our first year, the quality wasn't that great. And so what I originally had done was I was like, well, we can bring on any, you know, junior level person, you know, right out of school and, and I could teach them how to do drafting. I've been running drafting teams for 15 years as a civil engineer. I, I, and, and the work's not that hard. We could do it. And what I realized was I wasn't getting the quality of work out of the drafting. We, we, we finished every project. But it, maybe it took a little longer than it should. It took a, there was a few more revisions than it needed, and it it wasn't great. And I had to look myself in the mirror and say, "I'm doing this wrong." And uh, you know, we we had grown way too fast in that first year, and I had to you know, it was really a down moment because I had to realize that I I was doing it wrong, and we had to we had to let some people go and kind of reset a little bit and hire better quality of drafters and, and uh, just kind of rethink our processes. And once I made that hard decision, uh, the quality of the work went up and we started retaining clients and uh, expanding on the work we were doing with existing clients. And, and that's when we really started to take off. Uh, well, beautiful. I mean, that is an entrepreneur's challenge to, as they say, correct and continue constantly go back to the drawing board that's right you know now you touched on your mother's uh, inspirational uh influence on you can i want to expand on that a bit more so how, her immigration from the philippines how exactly did that influence how you run your business well um you know her her story is is like a lot of immigrants where she wanted a better life for her family and, and her her future kids at that point and so coming to the u.s was you know part of that that journey and uh additionally she wanted to you know she i think she felt a responsibility to give back to uh the the her extended family that remained in the philippines uh and 
So she, when we were young, she was, you know, we weren't uh, making, having a, you know, we didn't have a lot of money ourselves, but she was still giving, you know, a hundred dollars here, a hundred dollars there, uh, to our to the family in the Philippines and then eventually when, when we started doing a little bit better as a family she was you know she was paying for kids to go to school and and helping out their education and you know really doing that so you know that was part of my passion for cat sourcing was like wow you know not only is this an opportunity here for me to create what I think is a real business and, and a real opportunity uh, that I see in the market uh, I'm going to be able to, you know, hire family members and, and, and help them and, and give them good jobs and, and, and what I've been able to do that. So now, you know, I've got multiple family members that, that work for the company, uh, get good paying jobs. But then beyond that, uh, I've been able to take that same, uh, that, that same fortune and, and help out, uh, the community as well. So we've got, you know, over 60 people working for us right now in, in the in the Philippines, and so that's 60 families that that are being benefited by a good-paying job with CAD sourcing. And you know, these are these are good uh, technical jobs that you know aren't weren't necessarily available uh, in those areas. Uh, I think about a quarter of our staff had previ has previously worked overseas in Saudi Arabia or other Middle Eastern companies, Japan, Europe, because uh, those are the only places you could get a good engineering job. But then it means you're, uh, or an architecture job, but that means you're, you know, a away from home for 10 months out of the year and in some other country and not necessarily the best working conditions. And, and you know, those are not desirable uh, situations and, and, you know, not sustainable for most people. Uh, they, they do that for two, three, four years and then they, they maybe burn out on that. But, uh, we've been able to provide those jobs right, you know, in, in those, in, in the communities in the Philippines and, and, you know, therefore strengthening those communities and bringing a middle class there. And, and I, I'm really proud of that. And, and I'm, it all started with seeing my mom's desire to, to help her family and, and being able to do that on my end is is something that I'm I'm really proud of and, and something that I'm really uh, you know really really happy about. It should be. Are you familiar with a book called Sacred Commerce? I'm not. You may like it. I, I will write that down <laughs> because you're actually part of a new story or paradigm about business in the 21st century and. It embraces contribution, contribution and social awareness as well as profit. And it sounds like that is definitely your approach to business. Absolutely. Um, you know, my, my theory has always been that, you know, doing good is, is good for business and, uh, you know, happy, you know, we've tried to bring the the western you know the latest western uh, uh, techniques as far as uh, workplace culture and, and focusing on your employees and, and the, the idea that a, a happy employee is going to stay longer work harder and provide you know better services for their the uh, the uh, the clients and, and and all around just you know make you a more successful company so that's been our theory and, and I think it's really worked uh, you know we had. You know, for a, for a, a you know relatively new company that started from zero and and 
it has grown to 60 people. We, you know, we had a couple of people on, on maternity leave and we've had, you know, we give bereavement leave and we provide vacations and health insurance. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that, you know, we've really tried to uh, do good by our employees. And I'm really proud of, of what we've done. That sounds great. Now, beyond those things, do you have any other kind of program in place to create a positive workplace culture? Absolutely. We have uh, started what we call the CAD giving initiatives. So we do a quarterly CAD giving project where the employees uh, work within the community to to provide uh, you know some sort of uh, charitable experience. So like last quarter, we had a, a CAD giving initiative at one of the local retirement homes uh, for the poor that services the poor specifically. And the, the entire office went there and spent the day uh, you know, just visiting with them. We brought food for them and, and um, they had like a little presentation we did for entertainment and, and really just, just spent the day trying to bring some joy in, in, into their lives and, and, and you know make it a, make make it a good experience for them and I think that our staff really kind of bonded and grew out of that experience and we've done other things with the local universities scholarships um, stuff like that that really just uh, kind of you know shows our commitment to the staff not only to uh, provide provide them with a great experience, but take that and then also uh, um, give back to the communities that that we work in. We also do uh, uh, micro loans to female entrepreneurs in the Philippines. So we give we've given I think I want to say over seventy micro loans at this point to female entrepreneurs in the Philippines that are starting small businesses or expanding small businesses. Um, and just need these little micro loans to get them going, and that's that's been something that's really been amazing and, and worked really well. And, and you know, I, I've, I've, it's seventy small businesses that we've had a small part in, in helping uh, expand or get going, and I'm, I'm really proud of that as well. Hmm. I can hear the pride in your voice, and like I said, you, it's something you definitely should be proud of. Now. You mentioned earlier that, of course, there are always challenges with um, outsourcing, and and you uh, began to tackle that problem. So, how does a person effectively grow a seven-figure business with a remote team? It it has a lot to do with processes, right? So, not not only do we have our office in in the Philippines, and we've we've actually just recently opened a second office because we were uh, we were packed into our existing office. We we just opened a second office, but we also have um, about ten people on the U.S. side. So, I've got um, project managers and executive staff and and the salespeople. Uh, here in the U.S., uh, Florida, Texas, uh, Washington, Illinois, uh, and and other places, and and so we've got a remote team here, and then we've got the the, the team in the U.S. And it really the, the the what I think the the key is is communication and, and, and processes, and and really trusting your employees. So uh, we're we're on Skype a lot, and and but uh, at the same time I don't micromanage them, so I, I make sure that my my sales team, they've got good processes in place and, and they 
they know what we need to get done and as long as they're getting that done we're, we're doing a good job and same with the project managers and everything it's it's really trusting your employees but having good processes in place that give them the tools to succeed that's great now what are the, do you have any other steps that you take to uh, get the overseas employees who are not near you to get excited about your particular vision? Well, I mean, we have, um, you know, it's all about communication, right? So we have a very open uh, culture. Uh, we communicate our our financials to the team, including the, the Philippines teams. We communicate our goals. Uh, we really try and make them feel part of the team. And then, you know, when they're working for uh, some of the largest companies in the world, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, uh, there's there's uh, an obvious pride there. You know, when you're working on projects for clients that you see on TV and, and other things, they're, they're going to be proud of those, those projects. So uh, that combined with, I think, a, a real feeling that, they're they're part of of what we're doing, and and we really communicate our five year and ten year goals, um, and you know the, I think they feel like that's part of they're they they see what what their part of that success is, and they want to be part of the the successes that are still yet to come. Mm hmm. Absolutely, uh, the way to go. Now, what is a uh... Well, first, explain why CAD sourcing you call a second-generation outsourcing company. Well, it's it's really I, I know that outsourcing can have a, you know an initial and negative connotation to people in people's minds when they think about it, and and what they think about is uh, you know a sweatshop or or, or a, a, a situation where the capitalist is squeezing every bit of production out of the uh, out of the employee uh, at some low you know low rate overseas and, and 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 therefore taking advantage of them for their own their own good and what we've we've seen is that there's an opportunity in this global economy where we work in where it's it's not taking advantage of, of uh, other communities it's actually working together to to everyone's benefit so uh, you know where where globalization and outsourcing can have a, a, an initial negative reaction. If you look at building up the global community that we we work in together, it can be done in a way that that provides a positive impact to everyone. And I think that's what we do. So this is the what I call the second generation of of outsourcing, where we're providing a positive workplace. We're providing the type of work that that uh, that our employees want. Uh, and 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 we're doing it in a positive manner that that also helps the communities we work in. So I think that's the the next stage that we're going to get into, and and we'll see that these these companies that are that are treating their their uh, employees poorly are are going to see the negative returns of of those actions, especially when there's other people doing it the right way, and then companies in the US and in other places are going to have an opportunity to say like we want to work with companies that are treating their employees properly and treating their employees the right way and I, and I think that's what CAD sourcing is doing beautiful so would you say that first generation outsourcing companies were operating more from 
an exploitative model? Yes, I, th I think that was the original idea, when it, and and it makes sense, and that's like the the obvious thing. But if you take it to the next level, if you take it to an area where let's all work together and build up everyone, that that's a much more powerful uh, formula, I think. Yeah, that's why you're going to love the book, Sacred <laughs> Commerce. Sacred <laughs> Commerce. Gonna, I, I have written it down. I'm definitely going to check it out. Wonderful. Do you? Oh, what am I doing here? Let's see. <laughs> Yeah, did you also help individual entrepreneurs with outsourcing? Um, we do, and and but probably less now than before. Uh, when I first started the company, I was a civil engineer, and uh, I was I was thinking, oh, I'm going to work for you know engineers and and architects and stuff that need uh, you know a little bit of help with their drafting. But I, I realized that the the real the, the pain point is is not in that area. The pain point is in really doing higher volume stuff. And so we we now work a lot mostly with medium to large companies that need large numbers of of drafters on big projects. And so the, we 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 really have kind of moved into that that area. So give us an, give me an idea about um, the the scope of that. Just how Sure. Big. Well, How big? Let's say that you can handle that. Uh, let's say a company that didn't have your resources and your approach could not handle. Sure. So, you know, what, what when we're talking to our clients, I, I'm telling them that they're working on these big projects, right? They're doing, you know, one of the the tele telecommunication companies wants to put up a thousand new antennas or. 10,000 new cell, cell antennas and they're going to go to their their you know their group of engineers that they work with and they're going to say how many can you handle and i want them to be able to turn around and see cad sourcing behind them and say we could do you know 5,000 of them whereas before maybe they could only do 500 of them and it, it's really it's the logistics around those high volume projects so you know the analogy i give is that ups does a million boxes every day or packages every day. They could ship out a million packages every day and, and they get them all to the right place, you know, an overwhelming majority of the time. So, you know, any Joe Schmo could send one package and get it there. But can you do a million packages every single day and get them there and figure out the logistics around that to make it work? And so that we're doing the same thing. Anyone could do, you know, one mile of fiber optic installation. But can you do a thousand miles of fiber optic installation, and can you do it day after day, and repeat that, and not get bogged down in those type of volumes? And you know, this area is on hold. This area is a priority. This this area is the 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 project that we need to work on next. Uh, this area we need to redo because we're changing it to this. And handling all those logistics is is really the pain point that our that our clients have, and we help with that because we've been working on those big projects, and we're we're uh, we're able to deal with those logistics. If you're, you know, three, four, five individual, non-associated freelancers, you're not going to have that experience and that ability to do that. And if you're a company that maybe hasn't hasn't worked on those type of projects in the past, those are going to be very difficult projects for you to handle. So we've worked on the systems, the project management staff that we have here in the U.S. that help coordinate and run the projects. And 
by utilizing all those factors, we're able to to handle projects that are maybe bigger than uh, anyone thought they could handle. And, and we've had clients that have been able to take on five, six, ten times the the amount of work than they would have had been have been able to do otherwise without without working on it with with us. Now, in addition to having very strong and clear systems in place, isn't also part of it your use of digital technology? That's right. I mean, our company, you know, could not have existed 10, 15 years ago. I was a, I was a uh, aspiring entrepreneur looking for a business, uh, but you know, in a way, I was probably lucky because uh, if I had started a business. 15 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to start CAD sourcing. And, and, and the knowledge that I gained as a civil engineer uh, kind of set me up to be the, you know, I, I think maybe the perfect person to start this company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But it, it, it all came together at the right time. You know, high-speed internet, the, uh, the, the, uh, the accessibility to high-speed internet, uh, a, 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 an understanding and comfort level of the uh, U.S. marketplace, utilizing uh, uh, online services and, and companies that you meet online, uh, we we have we have clients that reach out to us for six-figure projects that have just found us by by doing a search on on Google. Uh, it's it's uh, you know people's willingness to hire somebody uh, that they find online. Uh, these are all things that really just have have come to fruition in the last you know five to seven years that they didn't exist before. So it was the perfect time for this company to start, and 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 it's really it's it's the reason why you don't necessarily you don't necessarily see a lot of a lot of competition out there because it couldn't have existed you know mm-hmm. ten years ago. So mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have any thoughts about how the digital revolution is uh, not only changing the way we do business but how we conduct our lives? Wow, that's a that's a big question. You know, it's certainly uh, improving our lives in the sense that we have access to a lot more information, and and it it is, I believe, really making the world smaller or making the world flat, as the uh, as the 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 one book is puts it. Uh, and those people that are able to adjust and thrive in that type of environment are going to do well uh, but I acknowledge that it there's there's also it it's going to be a difficult change for for other people uh, and so the it's up to society to figure out how to make as many people succeed as possible in that environment and I, I'm not saying I have the answers to that but uh you know we're we're trying to do our part to uh, utilize the best parts of, of this digital age that we're in. Which brings me to something that you and I started talking about before we began the podcast. A name, Peter Diamandis. He's written a book, which I would say is a must read for you. It's called Bold, How to Go Big, Create Wealth, and Impact the World. The Amandis, in the culture he's creating, 
challenges entrepreneurs to create what he calls moonshots and what he calls MTPs, Massively Transformative Purpose, which definitely shoots for something that goes way beyond what anybody would consider possible. And he's at the forefront of utilizing digital technology to do these things and also to help people to understand digital technology and bring them into sync with it so that they can reap all of the benefits of it because the change that's happening is exponential and it's only getting faster and it won't be long before we wake up one morning the world that we see in front of us was the world that we saw last week in a sci-fi movie and it's wonderful mm-hmm. if if you're prepared and that's what his whole reason for being on the planet is about right now besides the fact that he's going to be going to mars with um <laughs> he is seriously he's going to be going to mars with with mr elon musk and sure sure no i believe i i i i i I laugh or I chuckle, but I, I 100% believe it. You know, the the, the world is changing, and it the, the 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 rate of change is 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 exponential. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, I, although we're, you know we're not going to Mars or anything, I think we're uh, a byproduct of that as well. Uh, CAD sourcing is part of the the the. The change that's happening in in our workplace today, where uh, you're taking the most efficient and best uses of workforces around the the globe, and bringing them together to do projects faster, more efficiently, um, better than ever before. Um, and we're, you know, a very small part of that. And, and I tell people we're the drafters. We're the we're the bottom of the totem pole. But I think we're the most efficient, best, best use case, uh, best part uh, of best way to tackle that piece of the puzzle, that drafting piece of the puzzle. And, and being able to take the best use uh, of, uh, of, the, of, of the talent around the globe for each specific part of the project and put that all together is amazing. And, and it, it, we've seen that on the projects that we work on, the the ability to get 10,000 cell towers up upgraded to the latest 5G antennas, that type of logistics and speed and rollout of a project like that can't happen unless you're you are very consciously leveraging uh, the world <laughs> to get the best best uh, people on it. On, on each phase of the project, and, and 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 I'd like to think that we're part of the evolution of that that technique to create these systems and that that turn out projects that are amazing. Like I mean, you think about what what are what is able to be done for you know ten thousand fast food chain uh, restaurants across the country in a couple of years. Like to be able to handle a project like that is amazing, and and we only do a tiny little part of it. But we are, I think we are an important part of that. And I think that you may find another home if you look into Diamandis' um, 
Abundance 360. And he has an Abundance digital community, which is um, you can do without traveling. And also his Singularity University. Do Have you heard the term Singularity? Uh, don't ask me to define it, but, but I have heard the terms, yes. It was popularized by a man named Ray Kurzweil, who is a visionary and uh, written many, several books, and maybe many books, and he's a partner with Diamandis, and the singularity is defined as that moment in time when we transcend our own humanity. And we will have created an artificial intelligence that is so far advanced beyond ours. And um, we will live, hopefully, in harmony with it and benefit from it. And uh, at that point, they talk about doing things like uploading your cerebral cortex to the cloud. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't sound like science fiction, what does? <laughs> well, it, um, it sounds like a sounds like a Black Mirror episode. I don't know if you if you've watched those uh, those shows. Well, uh, here's uh, you know I, I know what it is on Netflix. And here's yeah. the thing: every one of those shows and Hollywood, basically, is working with those ideas, but creating what they you know a dystopian vision, a nightmare vision of it, and. The Amandas and his culture and his uh, movement is doing the opposite. They're basically, he wrote a book called Abundance, saying the future is brighter than you think. And um, it's just fascinating. I, I, I know that you'll get excited when you start exploring it. And, and uh, I like it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's phenomenal. It really, really is. I'm a, I'm a very optimistic person. I, I think to be an entrepreneur, you have to be. Yep. And so my my vision of the future is is definitely optimistic, and and I I see, you know, the the changes that we've been able to do in the communities that we work in in the Philippines, and and even you know with the employees that we have here in the U.S., the opportunities we're we're able to give them to to uh, you know set their own hours and get, you know work work uh, remotely and and you know live the life that they want to live uh the 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 improvements that we're able to to bring to the lives that we touch um i'm a very opt and and that's all that's i'd say 100 percent because of the you know digital revolution so i'm a very optimistic person about the future and uh there's certainly you know there's trials and tribulations that society has to go through, but for some reason, uh, I think we're always improving. That's that's my yeah. outlook on things. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with you, and that's the vision behind the Amandas's work as well. And um, as a matter of fact, he talks about the six D's of the digital revolution, um, and besides being digitized. If things become democratized, they become demonetized. Um, healthcare becomes more affordable. I'm mean, we're talking state-of-the-art advanced healthcare. Uh, you know, where people are able to use nanorobots to uh, not get sick to actually fight off disease. Your field is going to be impacted if it 
tremendously by 3D printing, because once you draft uh, something that's going to be built, well, the 3D printing can build it in the blink of an eye. Yep. You know? Yep. It's fantastic. It's ex- exciting stuff. I know. I, I, know. I, 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 I can't wait. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You won't have to. <laughs> yep. It's going to happen, right? <laughs> it, it is happening as we speak. Yep. So yep. what is your favorite book? Do you have a favorite book? Oh, boy, my favorite book. Uh, well, I mean, I used to go, you know, as a kid, it was Jack London. Uh, then uh, then shortly after college, it was The Jungle uh, by Upton Sinclair. Uh, and, uh, I, I don't know, you know, then, uh, as I started my entrepreneurial journey, it was the four hour work week. Um, my favorite book right now is probably uh, traction by Gino Wickman. <laughs> so I, I've, 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 I've evolved over the years. Traction by who? Gino Wickman. Hmm. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great book. You know, as an engineer, I, I like I like details. I don't like fluff. And so you read all these business books and it taught, they all, they got high level stuff and maybe there's one or two or three takeaways and that's great. But traction to me, it, 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 man, he says it in the book. He, he, he takes from a lot of things, but he sets up, here's a, here's a process that takes from a lot of different places. And if you follow this, you're going to do pretty well. And, you know, I, I was starting a business as a, as a civil engineer, uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm relatively smart, but I had no experience as a as a business owner, and and I had to you know come to that you know come to that uh, realization, and and I said, I, I, how am I going to run this company? I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, and so I read this book, and I was like, this seems pretty good, and you know, I'm sure there's other great systems, so I'm not going to say that this is the be all and end all, but for me, it's worked great. The the traction system by Gino Wickman, it is. Uh, is uh, is is the process we follow, and and uh, I, I can give it uh, good reviews. Well, it's definitely gone. Uh, it has gone on my list as well. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite quote? A favorite quote? Huh. I don't have a favorite quote. I can't. I can Not that one that I can. Uh, I can think of right off the top of my head. You don't have to. <laughs> it's, not Sorry, a, don't. It's, not, it's not a requirement. <laughs> yep, yep. Now, who is your ideal client? Our ideal client are, are the architects and engineers that are working on large projects that uh, where the pain point is the volume of the work that they're doing, the turnaround time, the, uh, the run rate, the, the amount of projects they need to do uh, each month. So uh, it's it's uh, telecom with cell towers and fiber optics and data centers and uh, franchise franchise real estate projects. So if you're uh, a, 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 a a fast food store or a a um, a, a retail store, then you want to do an upgrade or a branding upgrade on you know five thousand of your stores. How are you going to be able to get that done? It's also land surveying clients that are doing uh, doing high volume surveys. So for example, we've got a surveyor in Ohio that gives us uh, anywhere from 30 to 50 title surveys for real estate transactions every single day. 
I don't know where they get them all. They must have a connection with every attorney and 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 uh, 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 real estate agent in uh, in Ohio. But every single day, without without uh, stop, well, except for Sunday, six days a week, we get anywhere from thirty to fifty uh, real estate transaction projects for them, and and we you know we turn them around. So it's a, you know it's not the individual project; it's the logistics of the 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 volume of projects those are our best clients hmm. so. and i'm sure you're going to attract a lot more um in the near future now if you could change one thing in the world just one what would it be boy world peace is that is that uh, is that on the table uh, Absolutely. If you talk to Diamandis, stuff like that is, you know, when they talk about moonshots, mm -hmm. it's not about aiming for something that people consider possible or realistic. Sure. Well, I, then, I'll, then I'll say world peace. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, that there's a lot that goes into that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that there isn't world peace. So if you had to, if if there was world peace, presumably you've solved a lot of those reasons. And, exactly. And so, so I'll, I'll go with world peace. As a matter of fact, if I may share with you my MTP that that I was challenged by Diamandis to develop, it's in line with that. Okay. Massively transformative purpose. Mine is simply this: to create a borderless world through the mm. power of storytelling. I love that. My expertise is storytelling. And the stories that we tell define how we live. Mythology is a form of story. Religion is a form of story. Political systems are stories. So I want to contribute to creating a borderless world by employing the power of storytelling i love that i mean i am uh i'm i'm really I'm very much a globalist i guess and, and yeah. in this day yeah. and age uh where a lot of people seem to uh seem to be uh afraid of the idea of a a, a more global world and and want to look inward and and put up barriers and 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 cut ourselves off from the world I think that uh, uh, I, I I I think that's not the right direction. And no, I, not I, at all. Not I, at I am, all. I'm more for a, a borderless world, as as you say. And, you know, and 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 just if you if I if I may add to that, yeah. You know, the the you know for my mom being an immigrant coming to the U.S. and and her desire is to give her 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 family her you know immediate family a better life and you know the our our drafters in the Philippines, they would they want to live in the Philippines and have the best life possible there. And I think that's true of all you know, most people. They want us, you know, people want to stay home. I mean it's certainly there's people that have wanderlust and, and, and want to travel the world. But most people want to, you know, succeed where they're at. But it's when there's when the opportunities are better elsewhere and they don't feel like they maybe have the opportunities where they're at, then then you have uh, people that that want to move move elsewhere. But and I think they should have the opportunity to do that, but I also think that we should try and do things that improve their opportunities where they're at as well. And so I think I think we do a small part in in doing that. Mm hmm. 
And where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, in five years, hopefully we've uh, uh, at least quadrupled the size of our company. We've uh, changed the way the, uh, uh, the, the, the world thinks about outsourcing, that we've uh, really uh, had an impact on the way uh, projects are, are done. Um, I think that we've got a lot of um, storytelling to be done. I mean, if you search for drafting services online, you're going to find us. Uh, we're, you know, first page for all the relevant keywords, CAD drafting services, AutoCAD outsourcing, all, all that stuff. So if you're looking for us, you'll find us. But the problem is, is that, you know, that's the, the tiny tip of the, the iceberg. 90% of the, of the market right now still, you know, doesn't even know we exist and doesn't realize that there's a viable outsourcing option that, that, you, that is this second generation of outsourcing, like I talked about earlier, uh, that, that that exists. And so we, we need to get that story out there, and I think that gets us to where we want to be in five years. Wow, that's exciting. You know, as a storyteller, because I want to quote um, Joe Polish, who is mm -hmm. one of the most brilliant marketers on the planet. He's, he's closely aligned with Peter Diamandis, too. Okay. He, he defines marketing as storytelling. So here's a suggestion, something for you to think about. You just said, you know, 90% of the world doesn't know about us. And here's the thing. You're using a term called outsourcing. And yeah, most people who are in business will know what the term means. But it's still lingo. And it's lingo that is natural to the person speaking it, who's doing it. But could you create a scenario, like let's say even a little cartoon story in your head for an experience that a company would have in outsourcing without ever using the word outsourcing and show that experience and paint a picture of all of the incredible benefits that would come to that person. Yeah, I, I think so. It, it, you know, it, it's it's funny you say that because we've we you know I think a couple of years ago or maybe it was only eighteen months ago we changed our tagline from hassle-free CAD outsourcing to hassle-free drafting services because of what you said, you know, CAD is kind of lingo. And I, even at the beginning of the, this podcast, you had to explain what CAD was. So we, we dropped that. It's drafting, right? The drafting, people understand drafting. And we dropped outsourcing and we, and we changed it to services because outsourcing kind of implies that you, you take the work, you give it to this company, you turn around and, you know, a week later or whatever, you get something back and it's all done. You know, somebody, you're giving the work to somebody else to do. But we're more of a drafting service in that we're, we're, we're going to be integrated with your team. In a, and our best clients have drafting teams, you know, on staff, but we supplement those drafting teams to make them be able to put out you know, five times, ten times the volumes that they would be able to do otherwise. And so it's it's not outsourcing in the sense that we're going to take it away from you and, and give it back to you as a finished product. We're we're a drafting service. We're 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 going to be working 
closely with you. Uh, our project managers are going to be interacting with you on, on deadlines and templates and, and models and, and the processes that, that go around it. And so it's a, it's a cohesive uh, system. Uh, and, and so we've, we've tried to envision what that, what that, or, or tried to portray that story a little differently by changing our tagline from hassle-free cat outsourcing to hassle-free drafting services. And I think it's exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's, it's what is that story and how can we better uh, portray it to our clients? Try this as an exercise with your team. Tell your story as if you were talking to a six-year-old kid. Now, here's another one that I found very helpful when I first heard it from a brilliant marketer. People make the mistake when they have a product or service thinking that they're selling the product or service. And they're not, ever. The product or service in and of itself is only a vehicle to satisfying some other need or dream or vision for the, the end for the customer. And so then the next step would be to say, well, let's talk in terms of benefits. But you can take it another step. Talk in terms of the benefit of the benefits. What does that mean? Okay. <clears throat> I'm in a network marketing company and our products are superfoods, high-end nutrition. One of the main benefits of it is Dramatic, safe weight loss. But is it enough to tell somebody dramatic, safe weight loss? Maybe for some. That's the benefit. But if I'm talking to Mary and she is overweight and wants to go to her son's wedding in a month and she hates the way she looks, the benefit of the benefit for Mary might be... Mary, imagine what you would look like. No, I'm not sorry. Not what you would look like. Imagine how you'll feel when you walk into your son's wedding reception and he smiles, this huge smile because his mother looks so beautiful in that black dress that right now only fits on a hanger. Now we're talking benefit of the benefit. Yep. I love it. And so if you start brainstorming like that and say, okay, these are the benefits. We're aware of the benefits because that's what we do. But then ask yourself, well, if you're solving a pain point, what is that person who's been struggling with this problem? What do they want that their world or that experience to look like? Paint the picture of it, and you come up with a whole different kind of language. Well, I, I, I it's amazing you said that, and I, I haven't, I've never heard it explained like that. The benefits of the benefits, but it, it, it dovetails exactly with what our, you know, what what our story is for for our clients. I mean, we tell them that when when you know that major telecom company comes to you and says. How many project, projects do you want, or how many projects can you handle? We want you to be able to say the largest number possible because you have, you know, you have the drafting team behind you to get, get that done. We don't tell them, hey, work for us because we do great drafting and uh, we've got the, you know, the latest software 
and you know the the prices are going to be competitive we we don't even talk about our drafters we talk about the, the their ability to increase that top line revenue by taking out more projects than they've ever taken on a pot before there you that's go. what we're selling there you go that's beautiful it's beautiful I yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting stuff. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, um, see, my background is, uh, is theater and drama. And that's, I actually tell people when I'm coaching them on, uh, storytelling for business is that you want to really learn how to tell your business story better. Watch more movies. They go, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Watch great movies. And then ask yourself, why did I become so totally immersed, completely engaged when before I started watching the movie, I was worried about whether or not I'd be able to pay the rent, the fact that my car needs a repair, that I had a fight with my wife. And I didn't think about that while I was watching the film. Why? When you answer that question, you'll get to the, the heart of what you need to do to grab and hold the clientele that you're going after. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. How can people <laughs> contact you? Well, uh, they if they want more information, we're, our website is www.cadsourcing.com. So C-A-D-S-O-U-R-C-I-N-G.com. And my, uh, my email address isn't a secret. It's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at cadsourcing.com. So shoot me an email. Uh, I'd love to hear from uh, you know anyone that uh, is uh, thinking about uh, second-generation uh, uh, outsourcing companies and, and uh, maybe you own a company and, and you want to you know, feel, wonder about you know, doing, doing different things in the world. I, I, that, that, to me, is an exciting topic, and I, I always like... Uh, like uh, talking to people about that, uh, you know, and certainly if you want to be a client, that'd be great too. But that's, uh, that's not necessarily the reason for this story. <laughs> Beautiful. Any final thoughts, Brian? No, this, this has been amazing. I, I you know, I did, I, I, uh, I'm really happy that, uh, uh, we took the time to talk this, and, uh, I could see why you were in drama and theater. You got the perfect voice for it. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, can you guess what kind of roles I usually play? I don't know, but they were very authoritative. I'm sure you weren't uh, you weren't the the meek uh, kid in the background. I wouldn't think. No, certainly not on film. Although, if you go to my website and read my story, it might surprise you. Um, but I made my career playing gangsters. Really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. This has been a pleasure for me too, man. You're a genuine person. You've got a lot to offer and you've certainly contributed a lot to our listeners, to my storytellers today. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and Brian Luoma. Yes, we have another one to pay forward. I found it enriching. And I trust that you did too. Let people know that they can hear this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. Remember, I've created a free gift for you, a downloadable free ebook that you can get 
by simply going to changeyourstorypodcast.com. Take advantage of that. It's a game changer. The book is called Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. We spoke about some amazing books on this show today. Any one of those books will change your perspective. You'll get a a whole new lens through which you'll look at the world. And that lens will enrich your experience in the world. Definitely go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and grab one of those books as an audio book that you get to keep absolutely free and get a whole month free trial of all of Audible's service. We covered a lot of ground today about how to outsource successfully, how to increase your profitability, how to employ systems, and we touched on, oh, and of course, the very important topic of developing a business that has a social conscience that is devoted to contribution and making the world a better place and enriching the lives of its employees. One of the topics that you obviously heard a lot of passion in my voice about is the topic of digital technology and how it's changing our world. Of course, the book to reference for that is Bold, How to Go Big, Create Wealth, and Impact the World by Peter Diamandis and Stephen Kettler, and also any of Ray Kurzweil's books, Certainly the Singularity is Near. During the next week, the question I would like you to start asking is, am I feeling the impact of digital technology in any way in my life right now, in my business right now? Maybe that impact is positive. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's anxiety-producing, and maybe it's even bringing up a lot of fear. I would recommend highly that you do a little exploration into this topic. Certainly, bold is one of the best places to begin. And begin to ask yourself, how can the digital revolution that I'm living in right now, whether I acknowledge it or not, How can that make my world, my future, my life absolutely more abundant, exciting, and rich? Ask that question, and you'll begin to get answers. And to kickstart your inquiry into this exciting exploration, ask, how can I change my story and change my life. Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.